but have you ever felt depressed? Hmm? It, it, you know, it's really an irony that at this time of year, with all of its merry music and well wishes, uh, that a lot of people feel depressed. Um, and now there's a multitude of reasons that that can be. You can be missing home, missing a person. It can just be the darkness and gray skies of winter, huh? seasonal affective disorder, sad, that goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, the stresses of work, the stresses of not having work, the stresses of looking for work, be a number of things. Today's text is for anyone who may be feeling depressed. Because it was written to a group of people who were very depressed. <clears throat> we are now at this point uh, in post-exilic Jerusalem. And uh, a reminder of what that means. Remember that uh, the <clears throat> when uh, Judah was conquered uh, by the Babylonians, that uh, the Babylonians uh, took uh, the best and brightest, all the healthy people, all the really um, the people that could contribute to society, and they took them uh, from their homes and took them to Babylon. And. <clears throat> Uh, they were there for uh, decades that they were there until the uh, Babylonians were conquered by the uh, Persians and then it was Cyrus of Persia was the first of the Persian kings to allow the people to move back to their homes. This is, as I said, though, decades later. For most of these people, Jerusalem is a place that they've only heard about in the stories from their parents and grandparents. And no doubt heard of the beauty of Jerusalem, the wonder of Jerusalem, Solomon's temple, the Greek wall around the city, the palace, they heard of these things. But when Judah was conquered by the Babylonians, they had destroyed uh, many of the cities, including Jerusalem. The walls of the city had been pulled down, the temple ransacked, and while the people were in exile, those who had been left behind had neither the supplies or the manpower to do much with what had happened. The city was still in ruins. The once great city of Jerusalem was now a place of squalor and rubble. So imagine returning home to a, let's think about it like a post-Hurricane Katrina New Orleans. That's what you're returning to. The house that you used to live in 
is no longer there. The places that you used to love to go, the restaurants, the stores, the bakeries, the grocery stores, they're closed, never to open again. You know, Hurricane Katrina now happened over 11 years ago, and the area, there are areas that are still recovering, still not rebuilt after all that time. That's what is facing those who, are, who have returned to Jerusalem and its surrounding cities. And on top of that, the people who were left behind resent those who are returning. And those returning judged those who were left behind for leaving their cities in shambles all these years. This was not, it was originally, you can imagine going back and there being an excitement about being able to, to return, you know, to this glorious city and this, this, your homeland that you had been taken from and then you arrive there and it's a disaster. Jerusalem was a depressed, burned out ghetto is what it was. But God sends a prophet at this time with, with a message of good news. His name is Isaiah. We're looking at Isaiah 61, starting at the first verse. This is what Isaiah says. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of faint spirit. You know, God's prophets have not always delivered the cheeriest of messages. Hmm? They're often very challenging, but this message here is just unabashed, extravagant good news. God is going to mend broken hearts. He's going to free those who feel trapped. He's going to comfort those who mourn. The day of the Lord, a day feared by most, is lifted up as a time of God's favor. Things are going to get better, Isaiah says, much better. And then Isaiah basically goes on and says, let me tell you how much better things are going to get. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations 
Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of our God. And you shall enjoy the wealth of the nations. And in their riches you shall glory. He says here, he says, all of those who are depressed, oppressed, brokenhearted, mourning, all of, the, all of you, you're going to stand tall. Like the biggest tree. Those devastated cities, you're going to rebuild them. And guess what? It's going to, you're going to do that with the help of foreigners. Not foreigners tearing it down on you. God is going to put their manpower, their wealth at your disposal. And we will see that, in fact, that that does happen. In the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah, you see that Nehemiah is given the supplies and the things that are needed to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and to rebuild Jerusalem by the Persians. What, what God is saying through Isaiah here is that the glory days are no longer behind you. They are in front of you. That's amazing news. But where, but where God takes it next, the level to which God escalates this good news is breathtaking. He says this. Because their shame was double, and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot. Therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. To all the depressed, oppressed, burdened, brokenhearted, grieving, God makes an everlasting covenant. And this covenant that God makes here is one that has an impact on the whole of creation, every people, every nation. Listen to what he says about these people who are now returned to Zion, returned to Jerusalem. He says, their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God 
will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The people of Israel are whom God will use to bring forth salvation and righteousness and praise among all people everywhere. That's his everlasting covenant. The Lord says, as the earth brings forth its shoots, so the Lord will do so. You know, Jesus became known as the shoot of Jesse, the one who sprung forth from the people of Israel to bring salvation to the world. And very early in the Christian tradition, uh, a white robe or garment became a symbol of salvation. Listen to this from the book of Revelation. It says this. After this I looked. This is, the, this is John uh, having a prophetic vision. And he says, after this I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, the Lamb is Jesus Christ, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. And then he said to me, These are those who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And for this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated at the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor the scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When you put your faith in Christ, Christ puts on you the garment of salvation the robe of righteousness. And you too become part of this story. You too become part of this prophecy of Isaiah. If you are oppressed, there is good news. If you are brokenhearted, God will mend it. If you feel trapped, enslaved, God will set you free. If you are mourning, God will comfort you. This right now is what Isaiah proclaims. It is the time of the Lord's favor. And he has made an everlasting covenant with you. Listen to these words from Paul. For in Christ Jesus, 
You are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Praise be to God for this good news. <clears throat>